Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome along to the VMTV Rugby Pod. Well, it's slightly different today and we have a special guest in the one and only Ian Madigan. Pleasure to have you. How are you keeping? Very good. Thanks for having me on the show. Big fan. Yeah, no problem at all. Great to get a listener there, Ian. <laughs> I just want to talk you. Obviously retired recently with a glittering career. I suppose the biggest highlight, 31 caps for Ireland. On a basic sense, how are you? I know it'll take a bit of time, but how are you adapting to it and why was now the right time to retire? Yeah, um, slowly adapting. There's plenty of challenges. Uh, you know, starting off your day, going into a change room of 40 guys is very different to, you know, starting your day either working from home or going into an office. So that's definitely been, been an adjustment. Um, but I've been, I've been lucky. Like I was working, you know, part time as such with, uh, with data ships over the last two years. So I was able to do kind of a day a week um, with them. So I had a good understanding of, of what I was getting into post rugby. And, um, yeah, been in a full time role now for a few months and uh, begin to find my feet. I suppose we better strip it back and all the way down to Willow Park and Black Rock. What are we saying? Can you believe twenty odd years later that you've had such a good and established career? Yeah, it was it was mad. Like when I was put yeah putting together the the announcement, you know, I was bringing back a lot of um, very fond memories. Um, you know, playing in playing in Black Rock was 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 so much fun. You know, playing alongside your friends is. Uh, is pure rugby, you know, it doesn't get any better than that. Uh, and then I was very lucky, you know, I got the opportunity to join the Leinster Sub-Academy and then progress through into the academy and onto a development contract and um, to play alongside the likes of, you know, Brian O'Driscoll, Shane Horgan and, and these guys who you would idolise growing up through school um, was, a, was a dream come true. And yeah, lots of uh, fond memories in the RDS. Look, it would take us three days to cover your whole career, but if we touch on Leinster, you were there seven years, probably a bit before that as well. You know, I have you down 2009 to 2016, but going into that sub-academy, what experience was that? And then making your first cap, give us a wee bit about that. Yeah, I think it's it's very different, you know, back in you know 2007 when I was leaving school, you didn't really know what the pathway was. You know, I think... Whereas if you talk to, you know, 17, 18 year old leaving Black Rock or St. Michael's now, they'll know, right, the journey for me is into the sub academy or academy, um, a year or two at under twenties and then, you know, the goal then is to is to get a development contract and, and kick on from there. Um I wouldn't have known that back then. Um I definitely knew that I wanted to be a professional rugby player, it was just uh figuring out how I was gonna uh get there. Um, but yeah, I was I was very lucky, you know. I came in under Michael Checker, and you know, I had the likes of Dave Fagan doing my strength and conditioning in the early days, and um, managed to you know get some get some weight on me because I would only been you know maybe seventy eight, seventy nine kilos leaving school, and um, Michael Checker at the time made it clear that you know you needed to be kind of eighty seven, eighty eight to be able to compete in the men's game. Um, 
yeah, and that was the that was the start of it. And then Michael Checa moved on, and um, the best coach in the world arrived into into Leinster and Joe Schmidt, and he took me under under his wing, and I would have learned a huge amount off him, and um, that very much set me up for for my career. You know, he he educated me on on the multiple different ways that the game could be played. You know, from a personal point of view, he was huge on you know being the best passer in the team for example so I would have worked really hard on that and um, the individual analysis of, of my game with, with, with Joe was, was a great foundation for my career Give us an idea of the competition around there there's obviously Johnny Sexton Ian McKinley who else was there and was it a good competitive environment or was there a bit of geez, I need to get this 10 jersey yeah, it was. It was very competitive. Like even for for me in school, you know, one, one of my uh, best mates, Dar Fitzpatrick, was was brilliant out half. And you know, I started in the team when I was uh, in fourth year in school, and then uh, Dar started in fifth year, and then we kind of uh, played multiple positions together in, in sixth year, both finding a, a position in the team. I was fullback, and he was out half. Um, the difference between me and Darrow was I had an extra year at the under twenties, which I needed. You know, I wasn't ready at at eighteen or nineteen to go into the professional game like the likes of Luke Fitzgerald was because he was physically so strong leaving school. Um, so yeah, and then when when I left school and I was in the mix, Ian McKinley would have been the the, the same age. You know, we we played uh, Gaelic football with Chemical Croaks growing up, um, and then the year ahead of us was another Ian and Ian Keatley who was um, you know. Established at the time, he 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 was just off the back of winning the Grand Slam with the um, with the Irish under twenties then. Um, so yeah, there was there was some really really good competition in there, and you know it was it was it was good fun working together. You know we all kind of spurred each other on. Um, you know Ian then moved on. Ian Keatley moved on to Connacht, and um, Ian McKinley got his you know got his shot with with Leinster before I did, and. Um, you know, would have had a fantastic career with, with Leinster and, and Ireland had he not uh, picked up that unfortunate eye injury. But, um, you know, he showed how resolute he was in, in, in sticking at it and, and to become an international with Italy was, was one of the greatest feats that I've seen uh, in my time playing. Was there ever a time in that period, you know, starting out just through the academy, you thought maybe this isn't going to work out? Yeah, it was it was it was probably before then. You know, I missed a, a really important kick in school to knock. knock. I, di- I didn't want to bring that up. That's all right. <laughs> I'm at peace with it now. <laughs> it's taken fifteen years. Um, but yeah, when I missed that kick in 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 sixth year, you know, I, I would have I would have definitely had professional rugby on my horizon from junior cup level when I was fourteen, fifteen, and and then playing in the senior cup team when I was um, in fourth year. That was when I realised. Look, this is this could be an avenue for me, and the school was, was very supportive of that. Um, obviously, studies came first, but you know they made sure that I, I talked to current professional players and that I knew a potential pathway um, there. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, when I missed that kick, I was like, you know, maybe maybe professional rugby is not for me. Um, but it was really when my my friends in in my year rallied around me, and they were like, no, and you got to go after this. You know, it's this is just a setback, and at the time I didn't see it. Um, and I probably had fallen out of love with the game. I didn't didn't get on particularly well with my coach in, in sixth year in Blackrock. Um, and then I moved to Blackrock Rugby Club and was met by Greg McWilliams, who's coaching in, in St. Michael's as well at the time. And his style of play was very similar to what Joe Schmidt would have um, 
gone on to do. He's, you know, a lot of uh, big focus on skills and ball and play and, you know, using the full width of the pitch. And I really enjoyed his system and very much fell back in love with the game. And that worked well as I was going through the academy. So that was probably the only time in my career that I thought maybe this isn't for me. Um, you know, went on to have plenty of, of setbacks, but um, those those earlier setbacks that I had, had in, in school definitely stood me well and made me kind of, I don't know, more resolute. And I can see from your top there, Blackrock College RFC, the school, yes, you have to, obviously a massive part, but also the club you, you touched on there, how big an influence have they been? Yeah, the club's been great. You know, it's it's a it's a great network, not just of past peoples, but you know, um, <clears throat> people from other schools. You know, BlackRock isn't just to service the, the school, and and you know they're very passionate about that. But yeah, look, they they took me under their wing when when I came in after that disappointment dis- disappointment in school, and um, yeah, there would have been times when the when I was in the academy in in Leinster that you know Leinster would have put BlackRock under a bit of pressure to play me, and you know I might not necessarily deserve to. To, to play at you know at that you know young age of 18 19 20 um but they pushed me forward and, and those, in the likes of the all ireland league and yeah and like the, the all ireland league you know that, that i played in was really really high standard um i know it, it took a bit of a dip and it's definitely you know come back to those heights again L- you know looking at the 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 AIL over the last few years the, the standards really really improved and um isn't far off the professional game now um, but yeah, like playing in that league, I was I was playing alongside a, a lot of other guys who went on to play professionally. And uh, looking back, that was probably a big reason why BlackRock, you know, ended up getting relegated a few times was because they had a crop of players from the age of kind of 18 to 22 that I think, you know, 11 or 12 of us ended up turning professional. And then that created a big gap. Um, there wasn't, you know, the, the same number of backing um us professional players up, um, but look, the, the club led by Mick Hardy have, have done a, a fantastic job and um, going back to basics, you know, they've done a huge job in, in redoing the club, the pitches, uh, putting in a new gym, getting good coaches in, good strength and conditioning staff um, and, you know, both the underage, the men's game and the women's game is, is as strong as it's ever been. Over your seven years at Leinster, I have there that you have two Champions Cup winners, medals, two Pro 12 titles and we were talking all fair about the finals you lost but come back to the European final in 2012 at Twickenham, I was there crying in the stands when you come on, I think you beat us nearly by 50 at that stage but just pick a couple of highlights from your time in blue with Leinster. Yeah, coming on in that in that European final was, was a great experience now, you know, the game was, was very much won at that stage but it was a real gift to come on in that game, you know, you come on and, and really throw the ball around and, and we did that, I think we racked up a few tries in the last, you know, 10-15 minutes um, and, you know, winning winning the European Cup is, is, is an amazing feeling but at the same time the, the, you know, the European Cups, they do mean a lot to me but I didn't contribute as much as I would have to, let's say, you know, there was one league um, title in particular that I think I played every game and that that's a medal that means a huge amount to me um, similar when Leinster won the Challenge Cup I know it's the second tier but um, quite often it's what you contribute and you know when I, I look back at my time in Bristol and um, even though it was the championship and it's the second tier of English rugby it was um, a, you know it was, a, it was a great journey to go on you know when I arrived in, in Bristol the, the, the team was a bit all over the place and you know <coughs> led by Pat Lamb it was some turnaround we had in, in in twelve months, and then going on to to compete in in the Premiership was was um, a brilliant experience and uh, one that I was you know delighted to be at the centre of. You talked about Bristol, but if we go back to Bordeaux for a year that you went after Leinster, was the 
time for a fresh challenge or which way did you see it when you went to France and what was your experience like out there? Yeah, like for me, I felt I was stagnating a bit in, in, in Leinster and, you know, Johnny had been away uh, for a couple of seasons in Racing, which, you know, for me personally was, was, was good for getting more opportunities. Um, I then had a season when he'd come back um, and then there was other young players coming through at that stage, like Robbie Henshaw had just been signed uh, from, from Connacht, Gary Ringrose was coming through. Um, so there wasn't as much opportunity to fit into the back line as there would have been in the previous three or four seasons. Um, so I, I was keen to you know, challenge myself to be the, the number one out half in a club and got the opportunity to go over to Bordeaux. On the face of it, it, it looked like a, a really good move. You know, they, they just qualified for the Champions Cup for the first time. Um, they had lots of you know, quality internationals, the likes of Adam Ashley Cooper was there. He spoke you know, very highly about the club. Um, and then when I got there, you know, look, I only had a short preseason because I was away with, with Ireland in South Africa and, you know, dove straight into the, the top 14. I, I, I never really had a whole lot of confidence in our game plan, but we were winning games, you know, and, and we got to the end of November and we're, we're coming second in the top 14 and, you know, everything was rosy. Um, and then I picked up an injury and then, you know, coincided with that, the team went on a losing streak. I think we lost five or six games in a row and... In France, they're they're very reactionary when when that happens. And um, I came back from my injury, wasn't playing particularly well because it wasn't fully recovered. And yeah, the, the the wheels came off in in quite you know a, a quick um, you know it happened quite quickly. Um, and it was really then that you know the the coach got um, got sacked and they brought in a new coach and. The club was just very unsettled and um, I felt like I needed more security and it was then that the opportunity came to, to go to Bristol. Um, you know, I had a few conversations with Pat Lamb and he kind of sold me the, the, the long-term plan for the club. Um, you know, at, at that stage, it was clear that Bristol were going to be in the championship, that the relegation had pretty much been sealed. Um, but I view it as very much a kind of three-year three plan and uh, made the decision to, to go there. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. And you did do three years there. Was it always Bristol? Was there other options or was it in your head? Was it, I'm going with Pat Lam and leading that team at 10? in the championship and then on to the premiership like you did yeah look there was there was options to go to other clubs in france and you know at the time it was it was uh rugby was flying you know was, there was so much money washing around in the game i was lucky from a you know a, a financial point of view um and i yeah i'd spoken to some other clubs in the uk um and it was really pat's vision that that i i bought into at the time um you know going 
having played in the World Cup two years previous to then be playing in, in the Championship and playing in some of those pretty less glamorous fixtures, it, there was a big step down and there was times when I did question my decision. But... Um, like yeah. to rather them away and those yeah, sort of Doncaster and those exactly, tough, yeah. difficult pitches. And there's some good players there, but just maybe the facilities aren't what you've been used to. Yeah, no, there was it, there was lots of tough games. Like we we um, I remember the first game in the championship we played um, Ealing, and they should have beaten us. We got very lucky. Matt Prothero's scored two amazing tries in the last five minutes. And I remember thinking, geez, this isn't going to be easy. Yeah, and it wasn't. There was lots of games that were still tied after 50, 60 minutes, and then you know maybe our fitness levels or our you know uh, um, tactical nous got us over the line. But they were you knew you were in a game for a lot of those championship ones. They were very physical, uh, big, strong packs. Um, and you know, passionate local supporters. So, um, yeah, it was it was uh, it was pure rugby, you know, back then. Would it be fair to say your last year at Bristol was probably quite tricky. So you played more of a helping role for the likes of Callum Sheedy. Would that be fair enough? And how did you sort of deal with that sort of side of things? Yeah, the last year in Bristol was was tough. Um, you know, I, I didn't play a whole lot. Uh, Callum Sheedy was coming through and was doing a great job, and um, I knew that the right was on the wall for me. Um, and, you know, obviously it was unfortunate when, when COVID came around, but I remember at the time being quite happy to get a break from, from rugby and um, gave me a chance to kind of reassess, you know, where I was at in my career, um, physically set some new goals. And um, I was lucky I was able to build a, build a home gym um, and we were, we were still able to, to, to train in the, in the local park uh, in Bristol. And yeah, just use that time to get myself in, in, in good shape. I'd, I'd signed for Ulster then um and was was very lucky to to go into a great squad and 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 die straight into the the tail end of of their season where they were you know they had a couple of regular season league games and then it was straight into the knockouts and uh to be thrown right into a semi-final to come on and and kick a winner was was um was really special and that meant a huge amount to me because i put a lot of work in to to get myself back to where i needed to be um, having had you know a few injuries and you know a bit of loss of form, um, that was a the confidence booster that I needed. You tell us more about Sunny Belfast, where you when that call came to go, go across and move. You know, did you think Jesus has a chance to get back playing in Ireland, obviously, but also maybe in the Ireland radar as well? Yeah, very much so. You know, I I would have had my eyes on on um, on this World Cup um, to, um, but you know before that. You know, to try and force my way back into the into the Irish squad. If you if you're playing in one of the provinces and you're playing well and you're starting week in week out, you're not far away. You know, and then if if your province can start winning games and winning competitions, you're going to get picked. That's it's not rocket science f- figuring that out. And um, I felt like I had a good first year. You know, I think I played maybe twenty games um, and was really excited heading into the the, the second season. The finished the first year with uh, the Rainbow Cup and I played in the last game of that and I thought I played well at out half and kind of felt look heading into year two you know I'm going to get more chances and my first chance didn't come I think until like the maybe the 10th game of the season so and you know I felt like I put together a good pre-season I was um, top of the top of the charts you know lifting fitness wise thought I was performing really well in training but I just couldn't force my way into the team. Proudest moment in an Ulster jersey was the kick against Edinburgh in that semi-final, yeah? Um, no, my, my proudest moment was 
you know, dealing with not getting picked for such a long period of time and, and still being a positive influence in the squad, you know, it's um, it's tough as a professional, very difficult team gets picked on a Monday. On that, did you know that Billy Burns was going to be the number one for a while or how did you deal with that? Um, no, like, as a professional sports person, you know, whether someone says it to you or not, you're not going to believe it. You're just going to be like, well, I'm going to prove to you why I should be the number one. So, um, and, you know, I did... did I look back at my time in Ulster and I go, well, I, I gave it my best shot, you know, and I've, I've no regrets on, on that. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, um, it was still a really enjoyable few seasons there. I, I, um, they're a really special group of guys and I hope their time comes soon with, uh, winning some silverware. But I can even tell just finishing up in Ulster, you felt you could have given more to that club if you had got more time on the, on the pitch. Yeah, I'd, look, I'd, I'd have loved to have played more on the pitch and, um, you know, it killed me when I'd bump into supporters on the street and they'd be asking me, you know, why aren't you getting in? And you're just trying to reassure them, look, I'm, I'm trying my best, but um, just not getting the breaks. Um, and yeah, look, that's professional sport. There's lots of stuff that's out of your control and you just got to um, try and control the controllables. We fairly rattled through this, but we must touch on your 31 caps for Ireland. Debut in 2013. Yep. Biggest moment, France against France in yeah. Cardiff. Yeah, I like think the, we have a few shots here, Nathan. Do we for him? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure he hasn't seen these before. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So sick of those, are you? Ian? Every Friday night, yeah. I had to look at that for a couple of years. But um, yeah, look, some some great memories. A lot of my best memories actually came against France. I remember we won the Six Nations over there in uh, in Paris, and then uh, my first cap. We, you know, we we drew in the Six Nations. You know, on a pretty wet night in 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 Lansdowne Road. Um, but yeah, look that 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 the clip that you showed there of um, playing in the in the World Cup was you know it's the pinnacle of the game and um, to get an opportunity like that and start a quarter final was was um, a memory that I'll hold on to forever. People say you know it means everything to play for Ireland, which it obviously does. Not that I've ever done it, but for you, thirty one caps. Did you have a outside of that special moment? What other sort of big days did you have in the Ireland jersey, and what other big wins did you? I suppose just the memories come back to you. Yeah, lots of fun memories. I I love the the summer tours. Like I remember uh, going over to Canada and America. That was it was a young group of players. The Lions was on at the time, um, and yeah, we really came together. And a, a lot of those guys went on. You know, it was maybe only their second or third cap. They went on to get thirty, forty, fifty caps. Um, Argentina was another fantastic tour and South Africa is always a great place to go so yeah hold dearly those and then the the, the Six Nations campaigns you know I was very lucky to, to have won two of those and um, yeah even like when the when the big the big countries like South Africa and Australia and New Zealand come over to play in, in November they're they're amazing games to be part of and um, I was very lucky to have my fair share of them. The best coach you've worked with in your professional time? I was very lucky. Lots of lots of very very good coaches and and you know had different strengths and you know focused on different things like Michael Checker coming in at the start to come in at the start and um, you know how different he was to how I was coached in school. Um, you know Joe Schmidt was the coach that I had for the longest uh, time in my career and um, would have very much brought me from a young player into you know a more accomplished player within the team. Um, and then you know Pat Lamb is is a, a fantastic coach. Um, you know he he leaves no stone unturned. His, his reviews are are as detailed as I've ever come across. Um, and you know I hope I hope they get the success they deserve in Bristol. Um, and Dan McFarland's a brilliant coach as well. You know he's running a really good team there with with um, Dan Soper and and Dinger and 
they've just been a bit unlucky over the last couple of seasons, but I really hope the, the supporters stick by them and, and come good. But if I was uh, to pick one, it would be... Um, It'd be Joe Schmidt. No show like a Joe show. We had to get off the fence. So retirement, <laughs> <laughs> retirement's come. You talked about data ships. You're working at Blackrock College RFC, but also the media side of things. How much are you enjoying it? You seem to be loving it and trying to learn all the time, but also like just seems as if it's just normal. Yeah, it's been great. Like even doing the the twenties twenties World Cup game and um, getting out for a round of golf with you and getting some feedback on what you thought was good and what I needed to work on. Wouldn't was, be listening to that. Ian, I know you're sh- very sharp. It's um, yeah. Look, and then getting in in for the World Cup. I suppose the timing of of my retirement rolling into the World Cup is is good in the sense that there's a lot of opportunities to to either work on TV or work in the media. Um, and when uh, Brian Gleeson approached me about you know being involved for the World Cup, I was you know I was delighted. I thought maybe I'm not prepared enough for it, but um, off the back of your advice, I <laughs> managed to scramble together. Uh, and yeah, yeah, look, going in and, and working alongside the likes of you know Matt Williams, who you would have watched on on TV for the last you know 15 years anyway. Um, and you know suddenly he's giving you tips on look, this is how I think you should deliver these points, or you know I thought this was good. Um, you know, sitting in the box sharing it with you know Dave McIntyre and uh, Royal Nugent was a bit surreal. You know, they're, they're such um, distinct voices that you would have listened to calling games over the years, and you know you're there sharing a, a comms box with them is has uh, been a great experience. So yeah, it's something I've really enjoyed, and um, hopefully I get a bit more of it. Yeah, you seem to be very studious with your analysis, you know, sending clips back and forward. Is this something you'd like to go on with? But also, like, would you be a big studier of the game? Yeah, I, I, look, I love watching the game and um, I would have enjoyed throughout my career cutting up clips, you know, over the weekend to then present them to the, the, the head coaches and then, you look, sometimes they like them, sometimes they won't and you might give suggestions on, on what plays, but they definitely like you doing it because it's giving them more options. Then, you know, every head coach loves information, more information, more power they have. Um, and I find doing the, the work on TV isn't a whole lot different. You know, you're... you're you're analysing the game. The, the way I look at games, I think, is is quite different to how a lot of other people do. Um, and then I have, you know, pretty strong opinions on, on how I like the game to be played and what I think is good. And um, yeah, so just I suppose sharing those views and opinions with with the public has, has been enjoyable. People say retirement will be difficult. It seems to be being refreshed on living that life and what a life or a rugby career you've had. But is that why you want to stay in rugby as well and realise there will be some difficult days? But if you can stay with the media and the rugby and also keep learning, you know, it'll maybe, I suppose for the next 10 years, keep you sort of interested. But also, is that the next plan and make sure you know exactly what you want to do? Yeah, like for me, I'm... I'm trying to find my feet with with data ships you know I've a, a, a lot to learn there you know it wasn't too long ago that the, the guys were pretty much helping me how to structure writing an email you know it's um the the, the speed that it, which I type at needed to improve you know there were, there were real basic things but um look I'm, I'm getting there slowly but surely with them I think you know where my knowledge lies is in rugby it's all I've known for the last 15 years and um you know, to, to completely move away from that would have been, you know, would have been a shame and um, to, to do the punditry, but very much also to be involved with a team in, in Blackrock and, um, you know, feel that buzz when they're going down for a training on a, on a Tuesday and a Thursday and, you know, share the, the ups and downs of winning and losing games is, uh, is something that, um, you know, I certainly wasn't ready to let go of. Do you think in 10 years' time or if you keep, like, coaching, do you think that could be a career path for you professionally? Yeah, 
<clears throat> yeah, it would be. Um, I think, you know, I've, I've dipped my toe into it now and, and working with, with James Blaney and Blackrock, he gives me free reign on, on some of my drills. So I'm, I'm able to um, work the guys hard and, and figure out, you know, what works well, what the players enjoy doing, what, what, um, what do they find challenging. Um, and yeah, I think for me, it's just about building that kind of repertoire and, and um, you know, building over the next few years. And if it is something that I want to uh, pursue, um, that I've got the the skills to do that. Well, there you have it. Twenty five minutes we've had the career of Ian Madigan. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks, you. Thanks for having me on. Need to stock up on any weather wardrobe staples? Check out American Giant for hoodies, jackets, sweats, and more pieces you can wear anywhere. All made right here in the USA. Go to American-Giant.com and use code AnyStyle24 for 20% off your order.